Okay. Are we good? Start with. All right, cool. Okay, guys, we are rolling into another episode of The Candace Owens Show. I have to say, one of my favorite types of people to bring on the show are black people with conservative perspectives, because then I can invite all of my trolls to attack them and share after each episode. So Talib Starks, author of Black Lives Matter, welcome to The Candace Owens Show, and I invite you into my world of trolls. Yes, thank you. And um, I've learned a long time ago, don't feed the trolls. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but they're going to come, but, you know. They, they, they attack me so much. And then when I have someone that actually has the same perspective as me and has spent mm. so much of their time just laying this all out, I learned so much from your videos that are out there, your writing that's out there. And for us to sit down and just talk about this, it just it's going to be amazing. Well, well, I'm glad to be here. But first things first, I want to say um, the views expressed do not represent Candace. No. Prager, you, the sound man, the cameraman. <laughs> I want to immediately say before we say anything, I disavow. <laughs> I disavow Tlaib Starks already. Um, so you did this amazing, actually, Prager You video. And it was entitled The Top Five Issues Facing Black Americans. And this, to me, is gold. So let's mine that right now. Problem number five, the victim mentality. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think... If we play, um, if we if we stop playing victim as good as we play sports, I think we'll be on to something as far as uh, making progress in this great country. But I, that has been an impediment to us, and it continues to be because it's being perpetrated by uh, who I call the racial grievous industry, which we can talk about a little later. But when you have when you're being constantly being told that America is this racist labyrinth and there's a glass ceiling. And if you hear that as a kid and it's reinforced in school, it's reinforced, you know, social media, you begin to think, you know, well, this is it. I, I might as well just not really try or maximize my potential because wherever I go, the, the rug can be yanked, yanked from underneath me in America. Right. And I think that that's when you do that to children, you put them in a position of failure before they even try. That's 100 percent correct. And actually, I had an old friend of mine who used to say, if you think that you can't, you won't. It's that yeah. easy. It, it is if that your easy. mentality is I cannot do something because you definitely won't do something. Right. And, and I always describe the victim mentality, which has definitely been sold to us by the left as the biggest. It's, it's a cancer to our communities, you know, and, and if we don't start getting people to think I can, I, I, I'm the author of my own destiny. Uh, of course, there's going to be barriers. No matter who you are in life, you're going to have barriers, but you have to get up and you have to try something. Indeed. We're not going to see this curse be lifted off of the black community. Indeed. And you say curse. And <clears throat> it's interesting because whenever when I first started writing, and I remember most of my interviews came from uh, conservatives, and I didn't think of conservatives as a uh, ideology. I was more or less, there were white people, some were Republicans, some were Democrat. I really didn't know too much about conservatism versus liberalism. Not, you know what I'm saying? It was a mm -hmm. I, it was more or less along party lines, Republican, Democrat. But underneath that conservatism, liberalism is where I started to see and feel uh, a difference. And so when I was being interviewed or, or 
when 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 um, conservatives reached out to say, um, we want to talk to you about some of your books. And I found out that although my when I wrote, I wrote the books with black people in mind. I wanted black people to read this stuff because this is who I know. This is where I am presently still. And this is where I think I can my words would maybe uh, have some impact. But it was the white conservative saying, well, we want to hear about it. And I thought like, wow, this is interesting. So I would go. And by virtue of me going speaking, the people who I was writing the book for were like, hey, you're selling out. And I'm thinking, wait, I'm talking to people who want to talk to me. No one on this side wants to talk to me about this stuff for some reason. And I figured out later why, because, you know, there's some harsh truth, truth is in the book. And so um, I just found it interesting that the conservatives were like, what led you on your path, your journey? You know, because they want to learn how I came from where I came from, public housing, to where I am now mentally. Because, you know, we, we use public housing as a, as a crutch. Well, the liberals do as a crutch for failure. Conservatives were like, well, how did you do that? And they, how did you break the spell? Mm. And and I'm saying, yeah, that's, let's talk about it. We, we may can replicate the process. But the liberals, they don't care about the journey. They're like... You're black. You belong to us. Why are you over there talking to those people? Mm-hmm. Get back over here. And so I've learned, I quickly learned, like, you guys, you assume my political affiliation because of- Color of my skin. Melanation. Maybe the definition of racism, right? Absolutely. Judging somebody by the Absolutely. color of their skin. And then when you when they find out that you think differently, that word sell out. I mean, instantly- it's funny because a couple of weeks ago I went and I did the Revolt TV Summit. So Diddy invited me to do a panel with some rappers, Killer Mike, T.I. Um, and we're, we do this panel. And actually in the room, it was it was great. It was really great. Uh, I obviously was, you know, odd man out. I was the only person that had conservative perspectives. I was the only person um, that wasn't left-leaning and didn't think that racism was the biggest threat facing black America today. Right. But after everyone lined up for pictures and people said, well, you know, why don't you do this more often in front of black audiences? And I said to them, you do realize I don't get invited. Like, do you think I, I don't? I'm actually, everything I do is to help the black community. But the second I feel that people realize what you're doing, that you're selling victor mentality, like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, I describe it like the the pharmacy, the pharmaceutical industry doesn't actually want to see a cure, right? Because how are they going to make money yeah. if there's a cure? They can't keep selling the pills, right? right. It's the same thing. They yeah. don't want to see a cure in black America because if there's a cure and we suddenly start embracing our future, then their whole race hustling business collapses, yeah. vote hustling business collapses. Right. So no, there can be no cure. There has to be more grievances. And right. you see that every single day. And that leads to what I was saying uh, earlier where I talked about the racial grievance industry, which where people are like we we talk about the prison industrial complex, the military industrial complex, even academia industrial complex, but no one really talks about this uh, racial industrial complex, or as I call them, the racial grievance industry, and they exist to perpetuate the myth of um, black victimhood, and I think um, they use they use a few things for leverage. Uh, black victimhood, as I stated, uh, white guilt, because that's the gift that keeps giving, uh, and political correctness, because <clears throat> they use political correctness as a, as a as a as a shield and a weapon 
Because if you speak against them, they can say, well, you're being racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and But they can beat you in the head with it at the same time. So on uh, the racial grievance industry, uh, it, it, it's it, they, they pretend to want to help. But really what they're doing is hurting under the guise of racial harmony, but it's really racial disharmony. You know, they're, they're the ones who show up. Uh, they set these racial infernos and then show up as firemen. You know, we're here to help. Really, really have gasoline instead of water. It's just like, yeah, we're here to help. <laughs> Spraying gasoline on the, on the right. fire they, yeah, that they created. Yeah, it's like the cameras that show up. We're just trying to expose racial unrest. No, you're not. You're trying to inspire mass riots right. all across the country. Like, right, that's right, the gasoline right, showing right. up at an inferno. That's that's exactly what they do. And, you, and I don't have to say any names. You know some of the prominent... Figures Al Sharpton. Who, oh, Ron, we're not. We're not. We're not doing names. We're not doing names. Angela Rye. We're not so doing many. names. I mean, I, I go online and they're just videos only of things that are happening bad to black people. Do they realize they could have an account of the exact opposite? The same things happen to white people. The same instances of, uh, you know, which never happens. I mean, really, by a persp- if you're looking at a perspective of just like Black Lives Matter, the whole police brutality myth, as if we were being, right. you know, slaughtered every day. You could find the exact same thing in the white community. You're only training your cameras on the black community because you're trying to create racial unrest in this com- in uh, this country. Oh, absolutely. That, but that's their goal. Mm-hmm. But like I said, they they have to make it fair seeming. They have to make their approach fair seeming when really it's, it's just it's evil. And ultimately, why do they do it? Um, well, caught you off guard. No, no, no. I'm I'm trying to figure <laughs> figure out the best way to say it because again, they they came they claim to be colorblind, which is technically true because they see things in black and white, meaning <laughs> black people, white people. But the reason why they do it is because they see green. It's money. It's status. It's clout. Mm. So everyone is uh, everyone has their own agenda. So you know all the people you just named are doing very well in this racist country. And, and and add on to that, there's one, I won't say her name, one director. She's she's very famous and she's very woke. And last week she tweeted something about the uh, four girls who were killed in 1961, maybe, uh, in Alabama church. The, the, girl, the four girls that were killed in the bombing um, from the Ku Klux Klan. And she said something like, Never forget this day on this day, on this day. Never forget the names of the four girls who were killed, the Klan, you know, racism, blah, blah, blah. But what I thought was I and I said this on social media is that since April of this year. uh, Twelve children have been killed in St. Louis alone. So through April and throughout the summer, 12 children. And I would challenge any her and anyone, the, the thousands of retweets. To name one of the kids who were killed in St. Louis over the summer. But yeah, and I'm not trying to diminish the four girls, the, their legacy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you, cl- you you can't on one side of your mouth talk about uh, we have to Black Lives Matter here, but not Black Lives Matter here, like now, today. And that's, again, that's the racial grievance industry. That's how they move. It's uh, They, they want to look behind. They don't want to, they want to, we got this big front windshield of opportunity, but they'd rather look in the rear view, the smaller mirror, and go, yeah, but look what happened behind us. You, you can't go forward looking backwards. Try it. 
You can't go forward looking backwards. And and they absolutely understand that. And what's always what I find to be staggering is the amount of misinformation that's out there. Because you know, everybody now tags me on Instagram, yeah, Candace, what do you say about this? What do you say about this? So I, I was looking on Instagram yesterday and you know, the the actress Felicity Huffman. It just went – she got sentenced to two – I think two weeks in prison. They, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the the scandal of trying yeah. to get the kids into USC, right. which is pointedly hilarious and ridiculous. Um, so – but then they, they started comparing her to a woman – can't think of her last name, but her name is Tanya. And she was the one that got sentenced to years in prison for sending her kid to the wrong school, wrong school district. Black woman, right? Yeah. yeah. So this went viral. She didn't just get sentenced for sending her kid to the wrong district. That was on a list of charges. She also got sentenced for prostitution and for drug trafficking. And then the third charge they hit her with was because she sent her kid to the wrong district. So they stripped the other two charges, which would make sense for someone to go to prison for, drug trafficking and prostitution, and created this uh, this this comparative analysis of like, it's because we're black. And, I'm, and I'm, this thing went viral, absolutely viral. And I'm thinking to myself, this amount of misinformation is insane to me. I mean, even when Snopes, which is a freaking joke, debunked it, they were trying to be like, oh, but it doesn't matter that she was also, you know, arrested for prostitution and trafficking. There still is a bigger issue in black America about, you know, sentencing and injustice. Yeah, it, wow. it's, it is disproportionate, but we also commit more of the crimes. We're talking about 13% of the population that accounts for over 53% of all of the the homicides. Well, you're talking about problem number three on that list, but we didn't get to problem number four. No, we don't have to go, like, we don't have to go in order. No order? No, all right, cool, let's do it. Let's just talk I urban terrorism. You know yeah. yeah, well, okay, we're not doing order. Can I take a look? No, yeah, there's no order just, here. Yeah, this is the Candace Owens show. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Urban urban terrorism. And I and that, the, the, like I said, the 12 kids killed in St. Louis and no one is there. No one in the, the streets aren't running with anger, people with signs and none of that. Because they and, were killed by other black people. And, you know, again, when a shooter looks like, when a shooter is the same complexion as George Jefferson, there's no problem. Mm-hmm. When he's the complexion of George Zimmerman, then that's when the streets run mm-hmm. with rage. And the percentage of black on black crime, if you, if you are a black homicide victim, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, over 93% of black Americans are killed are killed by other black Americans but we're not allowed to talk about it. Well, oh, absolutely. And but and this is what I don't like when people people always say we're black conservatives and you're like they always bring up black conservatives always bring up, you know, black on black crime. It's a thing. It's it it's, is it's the a, thing. It's, it is it is it is something you just can't dismiss as as some arbitrary talking point. It's legit from city to city, hood to hood. It's like these are replicas of each other for some reason. Let's figure out why. I mean, in Philadelphia, a graduation was shot up over the summer, no. before the summer. These people were celebrating graduation, graduation party. I'm sorry, graduation party shot up. Um, you have instances where vigils are, are, are shot up. Um, you, Baltimore, um, it's, 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 it's insane what's happening in Baltimore now um, since Freddie Gray died. No, before Freddie Gray, but... I like to talk about Freddie Gray because it's people like him. You know his name. But again, you can't name any of the 12 kids that were shot in St. Louis. But you can tell me Freddie Gray. You can tell me what happened to him. You could tell me, probably tell me what kind of drugs he was selling. And, and how much? Were they five, tens? What was he selling? Nickel dimes? What? 
People know that much about Freddie Gray's life. And this is a guy who should have served as a cautionary tale in the hood of how not to be. Mm-hmm. When instead he has a mur- mural, you know, and he has a, a, a gym named after him, you know, a rec center rather, a Freddie Gray rec center. Like what, what world are we living in? That's We're- funny you say that because I mean, that's the same with the Central Park Five. Like no one knows that they were also charged for going around and beating everybody else in the park and they, they pled guilty to that. They never got those charges reversed. But now they're held up as heroes. Like, I mean, I think at the Emmys a couple of nights ago, uh, the Central Park Five Netflix special, whatever it was, won, and they dedicated it to these guys. And I'm saying we are now actually hailing people, right, that are that are gangsters. If there's some element of white versus black in there, yeah, sure. you, you suddenly exonerate them of the way they live their lives. And we're saying that these people need to be honored. There are so many black people that get up every day and do the right thing, right? right. Do the right thing every single day, day in and day out, never get into trouble, um, are, are, have their families together. We no longer hail that in our community, right? And, and it is because of this grievance industry, which is being perpetuated by the mainstream media. And now we're actively seeing, and this is the crazy part, people pursue trying to, to somehow be aggrieved, Jesse Smollett. Yeah. This is the natural way oh, that things are going to yeah. start to tip. No, you're right. It's it's all about aggrievement, not achievement. <laughs> that's the, I love that. The, yeah, that's where we're going because, it, it again, it, we're in the social media age where it gets you clout. It gets you recognition. And if everyone is singing this, this song, then others are joining in saying, hey, I'm not going to change any lyrics. If this is what they're dancing to, we're dancing to the aggrievement tune, hey, I'm, a da- I'm going to dance with it. But if you come and say, turn that music off. And people are like, hey, who is this person telling us to turn off the music? Who she thinks she is or he, you know, and then they label you again. I don't I don't. And some of the, some of these issues aren't conservative, liberal. Some are just right and wrong. Mm. Most are just right. Most and wrong. are just right. And really. Wrong, are. Right? And then you try to label to to uh, you put the label on to try to uh, diminish what the person is saying. But there is no reason why 13 percent of the population. And, uh, and let me be clear. It's not 13 percent. It's not all of us. So what's scary is that it's less than 13 percent. Let's just say six. Black men make up 6.5 percent of, um, of, 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 of the 13 percent populace. But all black men aren't doing this. Right. So it goes even smaller. And so then it gets funny. Like, so you're telling me two to three percent are committing these homicides? And then that's scary. Right. To think that this just this minority within the minority is responsible for this much carnage. Why aren't we talking about that? Well, and then I put it like this. If you were. If you were to get on, a, on an airplane. Or were you looking for flights and one flight had a. Um, a crash percentage of 53 percent of the time. And this this is a minority owned airline company but they're responsible for more than half of the crashes. Would How likely would you be to fly that plane, to get on that plane? Not at all. Not at all, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're like 50, you're more than half responsible than of the, for the crashes. So, uh. and that's the position we're in. We're 13% in population responsible for more than half of the homicides. And so when, so it's kind of, we have to own the fact when some people are like, uh, Black people are kind of, you know, murderous. Right. You know, that type of that that stereotype when the fact says like we're we're and we're letting 
the onus is on us because we're letting this subculture run rampant mm-hmm. within the black community. We're like, we're sitting on our hands when it comes to them. Now, if something happens to them, like a Freddie Gray, then we come out. Even though if Freddie Gray and his type are the ones responsible for this, uh, you know, this slanted. We martyr them. Yeah, we, we martyr we them. We martyr them. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, and, and this kind of goes, I speak about this a lot when I say, what, where are the goals in the black community? Like, what are the goals in the black community? When I was growing up, I was watching Family Matters, the Winslows, the Hustables, the Jeffersons. So I was watching positive black families together that had great jobs, that, you know, everything happened around the dinner table. And there was this, this moral at the end of every story, of every episode, where it was about family togetherness and good values. And now, what happened to black TV? Number one watched show is is uh, what's it? Love and Hip Hop. What are those goals? It is we have a culture problem. Sure. We have a culture problem, and you can't expect kids when everyone wants to aspire to be Cardi B. You know, great, you love her music, and, and you're bopping your head to that. But when people think that that's the path that they should take, who are the idols? As I was sitting next to Ti on stage, and he's telling them, "Your biggest problem. This is a guy who served some time in prison. Your biggest problem is racism. This and that. If that's the person that you're looking after, saying, oh, yes, I, I, I idolize that.'" And you're turning down Dr. Condoleezza Rice and you're thumbs down to Dr. Thomas Sowell and Walter E. Williams. We have a culture problem in black America and nobody wants to talk about it. Sure. We we absolutely have a culture problem. And those people you you just named, that's why I said uh, we are lacking in diversity of thought. That was on the list as well, because that's probably... Some number four. number four. four yeah. Lack of diversity. Yeah, ra- lack of diversity of thought because we don't have we don't hold up everyone with who has uh who are thought leaders, who've accomplished things like Condoleezza Rice is she, she's amazing. She's unbelievable. And um you you, you know, the, we have these people who, who like one of my mentors, his name is uh, Bob Woodson, and he belongs in, in my opinion on a Mount Rushmore of, of living black legends. And if I've mentioned Bob Woodson, people are like, Bob who? Bob, Bob, Bob Abui? I, I'd have never heard of Bob Woodson. And that's a shame. And Bob is, he's, and he's doing great groundwork in the, in the black community. And he told me once, he said, well, he said once, he said, you know, in baseball, when, uh, when there were the Negro leagues and, and we weren't allowed to play major league baseball when they did integrate the leagues you know they didn't say we're going to give the black players four strikes and out because since they have since they come from uh started on a low uh, on another level when they come to us started three strikes out four for the black people for the black players no they didn't do that and the black players wouldn't even have wanted that they wanted to go and prove that they were just as capable or if not better than the uh than the white players and I think that's a good lesson of, of 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 holding yourself to a higher standard. But you don't hear voices like Bob's who says, no, 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 don't lower the bar. Keep the bar where it is. I wouldn't, I'm going to exercise and be in shape so I could jump over the bar and, and set the bar even higher. And that's, I mean, what you're what you're tapping on the door of here is I'm, why I'm staunchly against affirmative action. It's not helping. It's hurting. I mean, you're putting, you're mismatching them in schools. It's been shown that what you ends up, what ends up happening, you mismatch them into schools based on the color of their skin, and they end up having the failing marks. They're they're finishing at the bottom of their classes. You want to yeah. know why? They shouldn't have been in that school in the first place. 
where they could be at the top of their class and where they're actually supposed to be. And the solution is not, oh, okay, we're just going to put you in, in a school that you don't belong in. The solution is we have to hit the books harder. That's right. it. Right. Uh, you know, there there is no system that's keeping me back or disallowing me to go to a library and study. And, and we have to make sure that we have that cultural change in our community and we hold ourselves to a higher standard. I find it to be undermining. Oh, things like affirmative is. action. Oh, it's undermining. Sure. You're not smart enough, so we're going to help you sure. be smart enough. Yeah. And, and you repackage it by saying, this is just, hey, this is progressive. You know, it's because of the, the, the past social injustices. But they aren't here today. Right. There's nothing stopping me from working harder and studying harder today. So don't undermine me by thinking that I need your help. Right. No, I'm with you. On, I'm with you 100%. And so, again, we need more voices like that as opposed to, oh, you got an F? There's something wrong with them for giving you an F. <laughs> right, yeah. It's on them, you know. And we just don't have that diversity in our within our within our community. You know, my wife and I. Let, let me just say this about my wife: if she were here today, and she said, "Honey, I'm I'm cold in the studio," I would probably set you on fire, Candace, to keep her warm. And if she said, "My fans are really not going to like that, Talib," <laughs> I just got to keep her warm. That's my wife. I got it's my duty. I'm bound. And so I say that to say, I, although my love is pyromaniacal, I'm. We don't agree on everything. You know what I'm saying? Economically, socially, financially, for sure. Uh, we don't agree on everything. But if I, if she and I don't agree on everything. And why am I supposed to agree with someone else because we share, I mean, agree, agree about everything with another, with a stranger because we're both black. And I don't, you know what I'm saying? So we're black, which means we're all supposed to be for affirmative action. We're, we're black. So that means that we're all supposed to be uh, called racism when racism doesn't exist. We're all supposed to believe the police are uh, savages, bloodthirsty savages out there hunting black men. And when we don't believe that, then we, you know, we get, you, you're not you black. already know. Yeah. You're not, you're not black. You're not black. And there is literally not one piece of empirical data that shows that affirmative action, and it's been in place for a while, has helped black America whatsoever. In fact, we're facing an illiteracy epidemic all across the country. Um, and there's no not one piece of empirical data that supports the claim that police are targeting black men. Um, and yet, actually, there is empirical data that shows that since but Black Lives Matter started, it's actually harmed us. And, and across the country, I think there was a, an 18% increase in deaths because police officers don't want to do their jobs. If they know they're going to yeah. get called racist and they get the call to go yeah. you know, help black people in different circumstances, they're not going to want to show up and do their job. Yeah, and, right. and when you talk about things that actually maybe could matter, and for example, NFL protesting on their knees for police brutality, I think... I have a higher chance of actually getting beat by an NFL player as a woman than I do of being shot. That's the truth. I mean, look at the staggering rates of domestic violence in the NFL. Why don't we take a knee for that? Oh, no, 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 no. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Oh, it's true. Yeah, no, I mean, we got a lot of issues that we can choose from, and we keep yeah. picking these niche, ridiculous ones because it just feeds the beast. It feeds the, the, the racial yeah. uh, injustice beast yeah. that keeps people's 501c3s running, the there NAACP. Wouldn't exist there if colored people were on the same level as white people. So you have to make people think that they're not on the same level as them. Yeah, there you go. And <clears throat> you mentioned the being, uh, the knee thing. And I, when we talk about the uh, what's happening in the black community, uh, 
it's sad because all of my books, I have three, by the way, all of them I try to show children who have been impacted, who've lost their lives pretty much through urban terrorism. And then when I see a guy taking the knee over over police brutality, like it it hurts because you're turning your back on a real problem in lieu of a, of, of a trend. manufactured problem. Trend. Trend. Okay, trend. So in Milwaukee alone, and you know, we're talking about Colin Kaepernick, right? He's the one who set it off. And he's his hometown. He was he was let me say this. He was born in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, uh, you have a, 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 a you can flip a coin and you have a 50-50 chance of being caught if you commit a homicide in Milwaukee. That's how far behind the police are with as far as clearance rates. Philadelphia too. Philadelphia the same way. It's a coin flip whether you be caught. So if you commit a murder, you're like, hey, I might get away. 50% chance. That's pretty good odds. Right. In this age of technology and forensics and DNA. Um, but I said, yeah, I said that to say the kids in Milwaukee uh, who die don't get the knee. They get the finger, the middle finger, figuratively speaking, from the likes of a Colin Kaepernick and um, the racial grievance industry. Um, and also, I call them I call them Negroes in, in, in this in my newest book. Negro spelled K-N-E-E, Negroes <laughs> that way. It's great. Because the Negroes are the ones who get, they're the ones, if you're killed by a cop, you're a Negro. You get a knee. You're worthy. You're worthy of the knee because you're killed by a cop, and it fits their narrative, and they can fundraise off of it and get promotion, uh, publicity from it. Um, but if you're not killed by a cop, if you're killed through urban terrorism, you you don't get the knee. You get the finger. And and then and then this book here, Black Lives Matter. I refer to the kids who get killed by cops as the qualified. And when you're the qualified, you get probably a um, Beyonce at Super Bowl. She had a uh, Black Panther. You get you right, get, a yep. super, you get a Super Bowl shout out. You might get a, you'll get a mural. You'll get the um, hashtags. There's, there's a lot of benefits of being killed by a non-black person, specifically a cop, versus when you're killed by a black person, which is likely to have a black criminal. Let me be specific, which is more than likely a reality than being killed by a cop. And what they do is this 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 um this air that they've created, it, it's an environment where it's cool to be defiant to the police officer. Mm -hmm. And kind of have your cell phone ready too, because this can be a viral moment. Mm -hmm. So you can go ahead and be defiant, not and don't co uh, comply and just have it rolling. And when you create that kind of um when you create that kind of environment, like you said, police are hesitant to do their jobs. No one wants to be the next viral sensation for the wrong reason for doing your job. Mm -hmm. And so when they don't respond to those calls in the projects or in the hood as quickly as you think they should, and you know, I mean, I like there's, there's a reason for that. Right. You know, in Philadelphia, there was a shootout. Uh, six officers were shot. There's, one guy held up in the house, happened over the summer. And then they talked him out. He lived. I mean, he talked him out. He didn't die. 
they had every right to shoot this guy, which I believe they should have should have done. They they walked him in. The next day, there was a march for the shooter. That recent one. Yeah. In Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, That's there was insane. a march. So I seen the flyer, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, no, this is a social media prank. And I literally drove up to the location and saw, you know, uh, free whatever this urban terrorist's name is, free so-and-so, injustice, no peace. And and I'm just saying this, this right here, this is a microcosm of why this, our neighborhoods look like this. Mm-hmm. Because this person with this, he has the right to march. And I thought it was ironic that he had police escort. You know, if you're so, if you're so in favor of this guy, do the march on your own. Why do you have, what do you, why do you need police escort? Right. But, the fact that he felt the need, well, they had, they marched. And I'm like, this is just, this is insanity. What world, what country is this? What, where it we- happens even with, you know, a rapper goes to prison, justifiably goes to prison, and what's trending, free so-and-so, free this guy, free this guy, as if he Good didn't point. commit, as if he didn't commit any crimes. Good Again, point. a culture problem, right? And so that, that makes me beg the question, are you optimistic or pessimistic about black America ever waking up and fixing our own issues? Because this isn't it. White, white, white versus black is definitely not going to fix anything. In fact, it's probably going to make things worse. It already is making things worse. And if we don't know the difference between right and wrong, um, I don't, I don't, I don't see a way forward. Well, I'm lower P pessimistic. Okay. I'm not capital P. I'm lower P because I, I feel it. I feel as if um, I feel like with with social media and with independent media, I feel like voices like ours may have a chance. So even though you went to, even though you walked into the lion's den, I think that was a necessary. I think being a canary in a coal mine was a good thing, mm-hmm. and it will inspire others to be to do the same. Until we get a, a, a until we get a hold until we balance out the culture, because I'm not saying. All the hip hop is bad. And I'm not saying uh, all rappers are, even though rapper, when you think of music, what other group, what other genre has more artists in prison than hip hop? But so, but I'm still not saying. That's a good question. I'm not saying that there is there are good rappers. I'm just saying we need balance. That's my argument. Like diversity, right now is is just tilted. It's just tilted to where the pathologies are defining us. And no group of people should be defined by their um, exceptions. So what are your what are your your three books? You have Black Lives Matter and (laughs) then you have the gospel of Nisus, like knee, K-N-E-E, Nisus, and the religion of victim, victimanity. Yeah. And then what's your third one? Uh, The Uncivil War. The Uncivil War. It's called The Uncivil War, Blacks versus... I'll say it this way. Blacks versus Negro individuals generating grief everywhere routinely. Mm. That's, but it's an acronym. So uh, I don't want to, this, this show does not reflect. I avowed ap- everything okay. before we even got started. I, dis- I strongly disavow <laughs> Tlaib <laughs> Starks. <laughs> so, no, I so, mean, I mean that, it's great stuff. So, it really, it's great stuff. It's it's great stuff to talk about, and you know, I think uh, in many ways, those of us that are black and hold these conservative perspectives, which I mean, being right versus wrong shouldn't be like you know con- considered conservative or liberal. Uh, there you go. Right there you go. Um, 
But if we don't have more of these conversations, I don't see a path forward for black America. If we don't start having the so, courage to stand up. And oh, okay. There you go. Because I'm thinking that sounds lower lowercase pessimistic. I'm optimistic. Oh, yeah. I'm optimistic okay. because I don't think I've ever seen this much chatter in black America about differences of opinions. Like I actually celebrate the fact that so many people mm -hmm. feel the need to debate me, dislike me, that you know, you've got them debating me on hip-hop programs and all that stuff. I think that's good. That means that I agree. we've cracked a monolith of some sort because at I least agree. we're talking a different way. And that wasn't the case before. It simply wasn't. So I'm optimistic. I think it has to get ugly before it can clear and get better. But if enough people are standing up, you know, you're you're out there writing books. I'm I'm writing books. You've got uh, Brand Tatum, who we had on, on, on my podcast, and, and Sheriff Clark. And um, I think we're going to see a, a positive change in black America in the next five years. Wow. So you said uh, the way you said you said you're saying basically darkness before yeah. Before okay, so yeah, I, I get it. I mm. mean, every 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 flower grows through dirt. Mm -hmm. So, but I, what I'm saying is, I'm seeing a lot of weeds, mm. and but they're getting exposed. If we, That's the okay, thing. They're getting cool. exposed. Like when Ti tried to Photoshop what I said in Congress, and I just called him out on it, and I was like, you, everyone should go actually watch the video of what I said versus what he posted on his Instagram and question and ask yourself. Why is a rapper that you love lying to you when I'm talking about real stuff like illiteracy rates in the black community, um, yeah. the single the single mother rate in the black community? Why is he lying to you and telling you that I'm supporting white supremacy? And that challenge of just showing up and, and saying the amount of people that messaged me and said, oh, this is ridiculous. You know, I, I feel bad about it. I think we're fighting more, too. I agree. But like I, I said this to you, uh, and I think in response to someone who misconstrued, deliberately misconstrued your words, Twitter. And I said uh, a, a a a a lie goes viral while the truth is still downloading, mm -hmm. and that's what's going to happen. You're going to have to fight harder because you got so many forces there's that benefit from the from the lie. Mm -hmm. um, with 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 what he did, and I I mean I don't like the guy again. He's a He's, I don't know how so many millionaires are so angry with this country. Black millionaires who, in any other circumstance, you would have not become the person you are. And again, it, to me, so it, it just, it reeks of hustle. That's all it reeks of. Now, my pessimism also lies with the fact that we are so uh, aligned with the Democratic Party. Like, we... We we kind of don't want to look at any other option except for the Democratic Party, and the Democratic Party knows this. In fact, the Dem to me, I think the Democratic Party is like they're they're like if a bird can vote itself worms, there will never be an early bird again. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you can just vote worms, and I think that's how they look at us. We just tell them what they want to hear. Reparations, sure. Oh yeah, guys, we'll talk about it, but we can count on your vote, right? So they, you know, it's 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 the pimp talking to the sex worker. I was going <laughs> to <laughs> the sex workers. That what they're called, right? right. Yeah, it's more pillow talk, mm -hmm. and when we buy it, it's a, and I'm just saying we buy it, and it's until we stop buying or at least demand more for your money, then. That adds to my pessimism mm. is that we just don't, we don't demand more, you know, so. Well, we're going to see. 
So we wrap up every episode by allowing you to leave a voice message for the world, a video message for the world. Everyone's going to see it. You're going to look in this camera and I'm going to give you two minutes and you're just going to say what's on your heart and mind. Oh, two minutes? Two minutes. No? We'll see. Uh, you right. said a lot today and um, I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, in closing, in closing, I want, I want to leave you with this. My friend's aunts had this one saying that I think rings true is that you talk about your friends to their face but you help them behind your back and Dr. Thomas Sowell had a similar saying which is when you want to help someone you tell them the truth when you want to help yourself you tell them a lie and I think what we we're doing here is that we're telling the truth because we care and with that care comes some harsh criticisms. It comes, it comes, but it's all in, in love. It's all in love. And if you if you look at what we've discussed throughout this program, you'll see that uh, the facts remain. We're in trouble, but we're only in we're only in trouble as far as we let it be. Leave the Democratic Party alone. And I'm not telling you to vote. I'm not saying jump to Republican or jump to wherever you, uh, to something else. I'm just saying this party is has been pimping us for a long time. So what you need to do, if, you, if the best pimp would be yourself, be your own, uh, be your own entrepreneur. Be, and, and so that's pretty much all I got to say at the end of the day. Thank you very much for joining the Candace Owens Show. And that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys for watching the latest episode of The Candace Owens Show. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. As many of you guys already know, PragerU is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. I would really appreciate your support.